Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. You're in the huddle. With Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila in Bajador Raider Nation Radio. Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. Uh, yeah, there's some big basketball games getting ready to tip off right now, basically, or within a few minutes. They just made the big announcement here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. So if you love sports, if you love the NCAA tournament, and who doesn't love the NCAA tournament? We've got to check your pulse uh, if you don't like that. If you like horse racing, if you like hockey, if you like baseball, if you like gambling, if you like good food, if you like good drinks, you got to be here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. Great food, drink specials, live sports, and horse race betting. The bar and betting kiosks are open 24 hours, located right off the casino floor. There's always free parking. It's the Treasure Island Hotel, for crying out loud. All fun and games at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar tonight in particular, every day, but tonight in particular, uh, as we try to figure out who's going from this batch uh, to the grade eight. We already know Duke uh, is, is heading there, as is Arkansas and Houston, right? So uh, we're going to figure out UCLA tonight, Purdue, uh, a bunch of others. We'll get into it. Uh, it's all over the place here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. But we're also talking about, obviously, the Raiders and the NFL and what's already happened, what might still happen. You know, I look at this, and the Raiders have done a lot of heavy lifting. I wrote a story about it for the Las Vegas Review-Journal today. Just a ton of heavy lifting. It has added up. And, you know, when you get a new coach in uh, and there's different philosophy going on on one side of the ball, and obviously there's going to be a different philosophy to some extent on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to have to make moves to bring in players that fit whatever it is new that's about ready to happen. I know that, you know, Patrick Graham has said, oh, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal going from, you know, a 4-3 to a 3-4 or a combination of, of the two. But you still need the appropriate players at certain positions to make it happen and to give it a chance to really work. And, uh, look, Chandler Jones, the edge rusher, plays the 3-4 better than Unique Ngakwe would have because you know that Chandler Jones is going to play as a upright pass rusher coming off the line of scrimmage, uh, not getting into a stance sometimes. He's also going to line up in a stance, but you had to go get a Chandler Jones to better fit what Patrick Graham wants to do. It's why they went out and got and loaded up, really, on those defensive tackles, Belil Nichols, Vernon, or excuse me, uh, Kyle Pico, Andrew Billings. We haven't talked enough about Andrew Billings. Uh, He played with Cincinnati uh, previously and has been a pretty good player in the NFL. The Raiders quietly picked him up um, before free agency free agency started. He was out there on the waiver wire, kind of like as they did um, Cravon LeBlanc, uh, the the, the, uh, cornerback that they signed. Um, So that was kind of a preemptive hit right there to bring in a guy like Andrew Billings who kind of fits with what – Patrick Graham is looking for in the interior of the defensive line. They also went out and got linebackers, Micah Kaiser, uh, Kyler uh, Frackle, Jayon uh, uh, Jones, 
um, also uh, an inside linebacker. Um, so they're making a lot of moves offensively, of course. Devontae Adams, Mac Hollins, Demarcus Robinson uh, as the wide receivers, running back Brandon Bolden, running back Amir Abdullah, fullback Jacob, or, uh, uh, Jacob Johnson, uh, tight end Jacob Hollister, offensive lineman Alex Bars. They've also brought back offensive tackle Brandon Parker and offensive lineman. Not quite sure where Jermaine or Luminor is going to play uh, necessarily, but he's going to play somewhere. Uh, will it be as a starter? But I'm going to ask uh, everybody the question, um, how do you like w- what the Raiders have done thus far? Okay, give us a call, 702-365-9200. Taking all your questions, by the way, whatever questions you might have, give us a call, 702-365-9200. We'll try our best to answer them. I know fans still have a lot of questions, uh, and specifically the offensive line, what's going on with the contract extension for Derek Carr. He's not going to go into next year playing on the last year of his contract, right? That's not going to happen. That's not how you... Uh, that's not how franchise quarterbacks uh, typically get dealt with. So where is that right now? Where is that headed? Uh, what about Hunter Renfro? He obviously deserves a, a new contract. Um, but I'm also asking you guys, if you were in charge, if it was your call, I'm asking you to put the Dave Ziegler hat on right now. What two moves do you feel, A, have to be made from this point forward, And what two moves, maybe it's the same, would you make if the power was in your hand to do so? So give us a call, 702-365-9200. And, Damon Cotton, I'm going to ask you right off the bat, if you're Dave Ziegler and you're Josh McDaniels and you're looking at this roster right now, what do you feel like you still have to do, a priority that you have got to get done? I think that it's, for anyone, it's got to be offensive line. You have to address the offensive line. I, I know that they've made the signings, bringing back Brandon Parker, Jermaine Illuminor, maybe j- just one-year deals, but still that's not enough. This offensive line definitely needs to get beefed up. And you're saying right tackle right now. Where, where, where are you looking? What are you, uh, what are you thinking? Well, I think it's all on the right side. Right tackle. I still think that center, okay, the only two spots that are safe are center and left tackle. And I know that we think, hey, Alex Leatherwood, first-round pick. He's not their first-round pick. And I don't think that just because you are a first-round pick, the only thing that's different about his status on the team is his contract and the option that he can get down the road. He's playing. I'm going to guarantee you that right now. He is playing. There's no way. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying. There's no way that uh, that they're going to give up that quickly. Uh, On a talent that, I mean, you know, even if he he wasn't the 17th best player in the draft – and I think we can all agree that he wasn't. Uh, he was still a first, second-round pick, late first-round pick, second-round pick on most boards, So especially in that second round. So he's just not a guy that you just walk away from uh, right now. If he's not your guy, then go trade him and get something for him. I think more uh, than that, they're going to give him a chance to get out there and play because that's what he needs. Uh, and maybe with some different coaching, a different philosophy, a different scheme, maybe that brings it out on him. And he had enough good games last year, or good moments, I should say. A couple of good games, but good moments where there's something there. All right, I'll throw some names out to you then. Uh, Eric Fisher, offensive tackle. Dwayne Brown, offensive tackle. Uh, Brandon, uh, no, uh, he, he has signed already. Um, uh, who was I looking at? Uh, there was one other, Riley Reef, I think it was, uh, an offensive tackle. This is who we're talking about right now in terms of who's available and who's out there. 
And, you know, I know names kind of grab people sometimes. And obviously, okay, that sounds like he'd be a better player. Sounds like he'd create a, a, a better option. But sometimes we get caught up in the, in the name and forget, well, he's 31, 32 years old. Uh, he might not be the same uh, player. So, so Damon, of the names that I just mentioned, who are you interested in most? I think you have to go with Dwayne Brown, graded up PFF, a 71 last season. Also, I know it doesn't mean as much in the NFL, but he made a Pro Bowl last season as well. So even though he is 36 years old, he started every game for the Seahawks last year, made a Pro Bowl, and I do think that that's worth something to bring him in. Why do you think he hasn't signed yet? I think that he's waiting. I'm not saying because all the big money's gone. Yes. But I think he is waiting for the right deal. You never know what's going to happen. These post-June 1st moves. Maybe I don't know if teams can do that, but maybe some teams they are telling some players that because there are a lot of veterans that still haven't signed. Hey, wink, wink and a nudge post-June 1st. We got you. Yeah, I think that uh, for some of these guys like a Dwayne Brown, I would imagine I'm just guessing here. But he's probably at this point, um, yeah, you'd like to have your future secured and all that good stuff. But at this point, does he really want to go through OTAs and doing all that? You know, maybe he's just deciding, look, you know, when the time is right, let's get together, get it signed. Uh, and then that's when I'll start, you know, digging in and, and um, I'll stay good. I'll stay right um, with, with, the, with the body and, and all that type of stuff. Uh, I don't want to go through all the rigors of OTAs and off-season programs. I don't need to at this stage of my career. I know what I'm going to need to do over at right tackle. Whatever the scheme might be, I'll be able to handle it. Uh, let's revisit this, you know, later on, maybe early summer. So maybe that's going on with them. Um, all right, so offensive linemen that are still available right now. Ryan Bates, guard, 25 years old, played with Buffalo last year. Nate Soldier, a guy that has experience, uh, obviously, with New England and the New England Patriots, was a longtime player. Uh, with the Patriots, of late has been with the New York Giants. Dwayne Brown, we mentioned him. J.C. Treader, that's a center. Uh, I think the Raiders are okay uh, with, with uh, at that position. Uh, Brian Balaga, uh, last year played with the um, Chargers, uh, was not asked back. Now, that was a, uh, a bad spot for the Chargers last year, but I think he also was uh, a little bit banged out. Eric Flowers um, is a guard. Uh, who else do we have? And Eric Fisher, we mentioned him. Daryl Williams, uh, 29 years old, played for Buffalo last year. Uh, Riley Reef, um, left tackle, but can obviously play some right tackle. Marcus Cannon, I know that uh, some people have thrown his name out there uh, as well. Zach Banner, huh, we got to ask uh, Lincoln uh, what's going on with uh, with, with 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 Zach. Uh, Jermaine uh, Ifidi, um is a right tackle. So these are the Mike Reamers uh, is is a right tackle. So there's players out there. There's players out there, and i got to imagine. It sounds like that you're saying that they only need a right tackle because with all the with all the people that are coming back, with Denzel Goods coming off of injury, Jermaine Illuminor has experience playing guard and tackle. You want the offensive line to be to have depth, but it sounds like all these other spots are, are shored up. Uh, Someone between Illuminor and Good, someone's going to be playing left guard. You're telling me Alex Leatherwood, he's the guy at right guard. Yes. Center, already shored up. Left tackle. Sure it up. So it sounds like with the only position that they would need to go make and sure up is the right tackle position. Well, so don't forget like about John Simpson. Yes, exactly. John Simpson, also a guard. Yeah, John Simpson. Well, you're, I thought you were talking about like. Uh, no. So it sounds like every, according to the way the, the uh, excuse me, the way the roster is shaped now. Yeah. That all they need is a solid right tackle. Um, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it sounds like it seems like. 
that's where they're headed. They, they went in, you know, Illuminor can play both. Denzel Good can play both. They've got John Simpson. Uh, let me look at their roster really quick to see who else they have. I think Lester Cotton's still around. Uh, let me let me see where where uh, where he is. But um, yeah, you know, um, I, I think that preferably a right tackle. I think you'll be. I think I think with the um, with uh, Denzel Good still there, uh, and with Jermaine Illuminor, I think that I think that you're going to be covered either as a starting guard, left guard, or maybe even the starting right tackle. One of those two could play right tackle. One of those two could play left guard if need be. Uh, we'd like to see what John Simpson looks like now. Um, you know, he didn't play poorly last year, and he was still a very, very young player. So uh, there could be hope that, that, you know, he gets it together and, and, and takes another step forward. So, yeah, I mean, our, where's your big worry spot? for? Is it, is it right tackle, or do you feel like across the board uh, there's worries for you? For me, yes, it's right tackle, but also I still think that those guard positions, I, I, don't, I don't know where they would go to beef them up, but I still think that they do need to be beefed up. But, if, hey, if they go into this season saying, hey, this is what we have to work with, and then that's just it, and maybe you hold out for Dwayne Brown and Eric Fisher, some veteran to come in and play right tackle, then fine, so be it. Yeah, because you know there, were, there was talk about, Hey, what do you do with Denzel Good? Is he going to be a cap casualty? I think he's scheduled to make three or four million dollars next year. The fact that they've held on to him, and you know that they've got the most recent information on him, where he is with the with the uh, with the knee injury, um, you know uh, how close he is to getting back on the field. I gotta think that he's given them because they they haven't released him, and he's in the plans probably in a major major way and and he definitely and we've talked about this and we've written about this so many times is he a guy that you want as your just a swing guy that can um that can cover multiple positions and he's not necessarily starting but but you know he's uh he's somebody that that is basically a super sub or does he slot in as a starter someplace? I know competition is going to ultimately uh, decide that, but I, it sounds like, it feels like, they've got plans for, for Denzel Good uh, and potentially as a starter. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line because James in Henderson is out there. How you doing, James? I'm good, Vinny. How you doing? Doing all right, thank you. So um, for me, if, if I got to wear the hat, um, for me, it would be left guard and right tackle, and I I know you mentioned a couple names. Um, I also agree that I think uh, at tackle, you look at a guy like Jermaine Effetti. Um, I also like Tyrell Crosby at tackle. Um, at guard, you mentioned Eric Flowers. Uh, I also like uh, Trey Turner if, if he's available. Um, I, I'm not sold on the guards that we have re-signed that are, and are currently on the roster as our starters. I do like them as solid reserves, but I would like to get one of those, one of those guys that I mentioned uh, into the uh, facility. Uh, I hear you, James. Uh, great call. Thank you very much. All right, of the, the, here's the guard population for the Raiders. Alex Leatherwood, Denzel Good, Alex Bars, uh, John Simpson, Lester Cotton, Jordan Meredith uh, and Kamal Seymour are the uh, listed guards under contract right now. Your tackles are Colton Miller, Brandon Parker, Jackson Barton, William Sweet, and also obviously you got to throw in Jermaine Illuminar, who officially signed uh, today, and he's kind of a swing guy at uh, at, at all basically all, you know 
your tackle and guard positions. Um, so, so he's still on the roster. So Colton Miller, Brandon Parker, Alex Leatherwood, Jackson Barton, William Sweet, slash Jermaine and Luminar at tackle. Denzel Good, or excuse me, at, uh, take Leatherwood out and put him at guard. At guard, Denzel Good, Alex Leatherwood, Alex Bars, John Simpson, Lester Cotton, Jordan Meredith, and Kamal Seymour. Now, the big uh, elephant in the room and what we're not talking about is quite possibly maybe Alex Leatherwood is, is slotted to be the right tackle. I mean, they haven't come out. I'm going to be out at the uh, – at the. Not um, a chance. I don't – why? Why? I don't – you know, because he struggled there in his rookie year? Yes, I think that that says it all. They have the tape on him. Well, that, but that tape could also show them, no, we've seen some things that we feel are correctable and uh, we feel like we can uh, put them out there at right tackle. I don't know about no chance. I don't think that you can say that right now. And I'll be in Florida uh, next week at the owners' meetings, get a chance to talk to Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler uh, while we're out there. Um, so I'm going to revisit Alex Leatherwood. And, you know, do, do they have a definitive uh, place for him or are they leaving it open uh, and deciding that through OTAs, OTAs are going to be important for sure. Um, they're they're going to be very important in terms of getting a good look at some of these guys. I know it's only out on the grass, but you know they know what they're looking for. They know what they need to see, and uh, I'm wondering if that will be you know uh, where where uh, they they finally decide or make some sort of a declaration. Because the, here's the thing, here's the thing, um, Demond, the fact that they haven't made any move, really any move, other than bringing back Brandon Parker and Jermaine Illuminar. The fact that they haven't made a move at right tackle, it doesn't give you any, at this point anyway, it could change, but it doesn't give you any kind of, huh, maybe, they, maybe they're curious about rolling with Alex Leatherwood over at right tackle uh, to, to start next year. I, it, 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 it's, you know, for me, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but you would think that it would have been a higher priority. Like, they would have already brought in their answer, their answer at right tackle. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Charles is on the line. How you doing, Charles? I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Appreciate it. Man, thanks for having me, brother. I'm out, I'm out of California, man. I happen to see your, uh, your, your, your text or your, uh, your Twitter saying, uh, what two moves would you make? Yes. I just want to call and answer that, man. The two moves I'd make would be on defense. It'd be the Stephon Gilmore and Tyran Matthew. I still, you know... NFL's pass heavy, and no way we're going to get to the Super Bowl or at least make playoffs is to get number one or number two in our division since, since all those quarterbacks are hot. You saw the Super Bowl. They won, they won by uh, just pass-heavy stuff. So I think we go hard in the defense. Okay. The cover. I think, I think we'd make a big, a big splash and for sure make a big run to get, that, get the playoff spot. All right. You know, you know they, they, they did sign another safety yesterday, uh, so I wonder if that kind of takes them out of uh, the Tyron uh, Matthew uh, running. Uh, but I, I'm with you on Stephon Gilmore. I don't know if the Raiders should be comfortable uh, as currently constructed in their cornerback uh, room if that's solid enough uh, to roll out uh, to start the season with. Uh, I know that there's definitely some potential. There's a lot of hunger. you got some guys that are playing for uh, second contracts uh, in Rock Yassin um, and, and, and Chavon Mullen, and so there's motivation there. Um, everybody is going to wants to play for their for their future and solidify their NFL future. So that's always a good thing, usually. Uh, but as you mentioned, this is a pass happy league, and there's some devastatingly good quarterbacks in the AFC West, and there's some uh, really good wide receivers. 
And as uh, Greg Bedard mentioned yesterday, the Raiders are in this system, and what Patrick Graham's trying to do, you need a lockdown man-to-man corner, and I'm not quite sure that's on the roster right now. Although, if you talk to, like, Lincoln, Kennedy, and some others, they feel like Trayvon Mullen could be that kind of a guy. He just hasn't been asked to do it based on the coverage schemes that have been here while he's been here. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Classic is on the line. How you doing, Classic? Do we have Classic? Thanks. Yeah, can you hear me? I got you, brother. Okay. You, you, when you were saying earlier that the fact that you haven't seen any movement on the offensive line. See, I, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, if you depending on your scheme, you know, you get players to, to match your scheme. And so I think I trust this, this regime. I think they look at what we have and know, you know, the percentage of time they're going to run zone blocking, if at all. Right. We might have an offensive line that is already equipped to run what McDaniels wants to run. You know right. what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, I, I saw an interview recently with Trent Brown, and he said he hated, hated, absolutely, when he was with the Raiders, how often they ran a zone blocking scheme. Right. Which said to me, ah, maybe that's why that guy didn't make himself as available as, as he did. So the fact that we see no movement, I, I truly believe, man, that uh, they may look at it and say, hey, you know, well, what we're trying to run, we, we already got the guy. All right, let me ask you this, uh, Classic. Uh, what do you do at right tackle? If, if the answers are on the roster right now, what are you right. more comfortable rolling uh, with next year at right tackle? Brandon Parker, Jermaine or Luminor, or Alex Leatherwood? I'm going I'm to leave, leave Leatherwood at guard, and, and I'm going to go Illuminor at tackle. Okay. Is Over it, Brandon Parker. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and people have been talking about that. I'm not... I, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, he has experience in this offense. Uh, there, Josh McDaniels knows him well. Uh, I know uh, Mick Lombardi knows him well. The new offensive line coach does. He, he played for the Patriots. So maybe that is uh, how they roll. Um, we'll, we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line, Joe in Salt Lake City. How you doing, Joe? Hey, not bad, Vinny. How you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Hey, man, I just had a quick comment that I wanted to make. Just looking at, at the Raiders' offensive line situation, I'm with you. I don't think the Luminor uh, or uh, uh, Parker are the answers at right tackle. You know, I had a thought, and maybe, you know, maybe this is what the regime's looking to do. Who knows? But, um, you know, with Alex Leatherwood having played on the left side of the line in Alabama, why wouldn't we move him and put him next to Colton Miller at left guard uh, to have that veteran presence, maybe draft you know, a rookie right tackle that uh, in his deep uh, draft at tackle and then move good over to the right side of the line so you have veteran presence with another rookie on that side. That's a great point, and it's something that I've been thinking about as well because when you think about uh, Alex Leatherwood, he played exclusively on the left side in college. He was a left tackle and a left guard. So, you know, I know that it, it oh, it's just to the right side, moving to the right side, but, you know, we take sometimes that for granted like it's an easy thing and it not – it may not be, and maybe he is more comfortable on the left side. Uh, and let's remember, Denzel Good was going to play right guard, um, and and uh, they had they Incognito was going to be their left guard. So maybe you you go back to what you just said. Denzel Good would be your right guard. Alex Leatherwood could be your left guard, uh, and then you got to again figure out uh, what's what's happening at right tackle. I just I don't know. I just I have a a, a queasy feeling. And nothing against 
Jermaine or nothing against Brandon Parker, but having them be the starters, either one of those guys as the starters, seen enough of Brandon Parker to know, to think anyway, that he's just better suited to be a backup um, and somebody that, you know, you can trust to get in there and play if there's an injury. But I'm not sure he's the top-of-the-line guy. And I have to be honest, I'm thinking the same thing with Jermaine Illuminar. Um, so we'll see where it's headed. Uh, but it's definitely a fascinating question. H is in Albuquerque. How you doing, H? I'm well, Vinny. How are you? Good, my brother. So, you know, Colton Miller, uh, the Raiders were criticized for reaching for him, and he struggled his rookie year as well. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, Alex Leatherwood comes in with a much better pedigree. So I'm hoping that it's going to be a, it's going to play out in a similar way. And, you know, I, the, uh, I'm, def- I'm sure the coaching is going to take a good look at him. And if he, to me, if he moves to guard, then it would have been a failure. Um, I'm really hoping that he's, he uh, gets back in that tackle position and it works out well like Colt Miller did, but I don't know. So, you know, and that's definitely the position that screams uh, the biggest area of need there. Yeah, Um, and there's no doubt that, you know, he struggled uh, at at, at right tackle, mostly in pass blocking. Um, But when you look at uh, his run blocking numbers, 60.7, 65.5, 53.4, um, against the Miami Dolphins. So those are the first three games. He played the first three games. He played the first four games last year uh, at right tackle. And was his run blocking was 60.7 in week one, 65.5 in week two. Then there was a fall off, 53.4, 45.0. And now we're talking about, you know, uh, on a scale of, of, of 100. Uh, at right guard, his run blocking was 63.8, 61.6, 72.1, 70, 58, 63, 57, 58, 65, 50, 79, 45.6 against the Colts, and then 61.8. So his run blocking was not bad at right guard, but um, we'll see uh, what this new staff has in charge. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. Come say hi and watch some great basketball and, of course, have some great food eat some good uh, or drink some great drinks. Uh, and if you dabble in the uh, and partake in that gambling, it's here for you as well. We'll talk to you in a bit. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. The mail's here. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Oh, bringing back some memories with the Blues Clue uh, reference. And uh, that is a uh, it's a new deal that we're going to be doing uh, typically on Fridays. Um, and we're going to answer your questions. I do a mailbag uh, for the Las Vegas Review Journal every week, every Friday. Uh, but there's so many questions that we get that I can't get to all of them uh, in a newspaper. Uh, we still have to deal with space. Uh, so uh, what we've decided to do is turn it into a segment here uh, on In the Huddle, Raider Nation Radio, uh, and have some fun with some of the questions. Um, and by the way, Damon, that uh, Blues Clue, I, you know, I, I'm too old for Blues Clue to have watched it when I was a kid. But when you have kids, Blues Clue becomes a indispensable tool because it keeps them quiet. And a lot of times, as a writer, you got to work from home. You don't go to the office. Even, you know, there's off days what, that you work from home and all that type of thing, especially when I was in Los Angeles. And the kids would be home and to basically shut them up 
you got to put on like Blues Clues or uh, Caillou or Little Bill or whatever the kids' show was at that point. So, man, that's, that music right there or that is in, in, embedded in my head. Well, first off, I've got to correct you. You said Blues Clue. You got to add that S. I did. Didn't I say Blues, blues Clues? Clues. Okay, sorry. My there, bad. There was a slip up there and you said Blues Clue. It's Blues <laughs> Clue. Come yes, on. Absolutely. Blues absolutely. Clues. <laughs> yes. And by the way, the original guy, what was which one was he? I always get it mixed up, but go ahead, Devon. Steve. Okay, Steve. Uh, I don't know if people, for anyone that didn't see it, uh, Steve left the show, right? And then somebody else took over uh, in, in his spot. Joke. You know? Right, exactly. And uh, he just kind of disappeared and, and all that good stuff. Well, just recently, and we're talking about, what are we talking about, 20 years now? 20, 25 years or so that that, that, that show started, kind of reemerged on Twitter just to send a message to all his, the kids that were kids back then that are now grown people saying, hey, just want to let you know everything's good with my life. You know, just kind of gave a recap uh, and, and gave like a nice special, kind of did a Blue's Clues type of, uh, you know, uh, message to all the uh, kids who are now grownups. And Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant retweeted it with, like, hey, man, I needed that right now. And you, you do the math, and Kevin Durant was, you know, seven, eight years old when that show came out, which is right in that wheelhouse of watching that show. Uh, so, uh, you know, you never know who you're impacting, um, you know, along the way. And then years later, one of the great basketball players of all time felt nostalgic uh, with, with him coming out there to give the message that everything's okay. I grew up. I moved on with my life. Hope you're doing as, uh, great as well. And obviously, Kevin Durant is doing great. So, Damon, without further ado, let's get to the questions. All right, Vinny, this is from Allen in Vegas. Raiders backup QB plan. Is Peterman still in the mix? Maybe someone under the radar? Uh, I don't think that um, Nate is, is still in the mix. Uh, so they brought in you know Trevor Simeon yesterday on Thursday for a visit. But uh, after we got off the show... Uh, he ended up signing a two-year deal with Chicago. It sounded like one of those get on a plane, go to Las Vegas, uh, and try to you know go 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 visit with the Raiders. And the Bears are like, wow, well, you know, we'll give him that extra year. So uh, it sounded like it probably worked out for Trevor Simeon coming out to uh, Las Vegas. But in terms of the Raiders, uh, they signed Garrett Gilbert. I don't think that he's the backup. So for my money. Uh, I feel really uh, – I always feel better when there's a, a strong backup quarterback. Marcus Mariota uh, was that for the last couple of years. I know people said, well, that was a waste of money. You never played. Well, it's an insurance policy. You know, a lot of times you don't want to have to go to that backup plan. A lot of times you don't want to dip into your insurance. Uh, you pay it so that just in case something happens, uh, that's, that's the thought process of it. So even though he didn't play, he was there just in case something would have happened to Derek Carr. I don't know. You know, uh, you, you can look at um, Andy Dalton uh, is still out there. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is still out there. Do you go in that direction where you bring in somebody that if something were to happen to Derek Carr, you could feel comfortable in a Ryan Fitzpatrick um, or an Andy Dalton to keep your head above water? And as we talked about yesterday, the rule of thumb is if the quarterback is going to miss four games, can the backup win you two of those four games? That's kind of the way you have to look at it. And I think Andy Dalton and Ryan Fitzpatrick, with the talent that they have here and their experience, especially Ryan Fitzpatrick, could probably keep your head above water. But not saying that's going to happen, but those are two names that are still out there and that make a lot of sense for the Raiders. All right, this one here is from at Pat 30 Fold Show. 
do you see us ending up with Gilmore or the Honey Badger, or are we pretty much done? No, I don't think you're done. Um, and Stefan Gilmore is, you know, until he signs someplace, uh, he remains a possibility. I'm not quite sure. I don't get the feeling that uh, the Honey Badger is in play, um, especially after the f- uh, safety signing of yesterday. So uh, I would set him off to the side. Gilmore makes a lot of sense. There's no question he does. He satisfies that need for a lockdown cornerback, man-to-man defense. He's played in this system. Uh, he's, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's still good. He still can play. But for all of those reasons, Stephon Gilmore also thinks, um, I'm worth X amount of dollars. And when you get to that stage where he is, he's made a lot of money. Um, he's solidified himself. The legacy is there. You're not – sometimes you're just going to – I'd rather not play if I don't get exactly what I want. So he might be in that mode right now. And for anybody to sign him, they're going to have to meet what he wants or he's going to have to take some sort of a discount because obviously somebody's not giving him what he wants. So uh, Stefan Gilmore, I still think it's a possibility, but obviously uh, they're not together on on what the uh, compensation is. All right, this next one comes from at Sparks ESPN. Cam Newton as backup Raiders QB. Well, he does have experience uh, with Josh McDaniels, so um, you know that that makes a little bit of sense. I don't know. He, for me, no. Um, you know, I, I love Cam Newton to death. I'm a huge fan of his. I just think he's a little bit on the broken down side. Uh, I've seen enough of him these last couple of years to. I don't know if he still has it left in the tank, even to be that guy that could get you a couple of wins. He's not throwing the ball well. Um, it looks like. You know, there's some physical issues, which is he's changed up his delivery and his and and the way he throws it. So no, I, I me, I wouldn't go down that road. Not to say that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler wouldn't though. All right, this one's coming from Cooks Latif. Do you see the Raiders trading away Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram for extra draft picks for the 2022 draft? Uh, I mean. I don't even know if what their market would be right now. So if you're talking about extra draft picks, they would be day three draft picks uh, at this point because I don't think anyone's going to give up much of value for, for either of those. I will say this. Um, both players, this is a huge year for them, obviously. This is their fourth year. It, I doubt e- either one's going to get their fifth-year option picked up. I say doubt because you can never say never, but I'd be shocked if either of those players got that fifth-year option uh, picked up. But they're auditioning now, whether it's to stay here on some sort of a a, a different kind of a contract or for their future. And so you're going to have two motivated players without question. And I do wonder, I think Jonathan's going to play, and I think he'll play reasonably well. I do wonder what the future holds here with the Raiders for Clee Farrell. Like, does he, could you see an alignment where it's Clee Farrell playing one defensive end Max Crosby playing another defensive end. Whoever your you know uh, your your defense your nose tackle is in the three four uh, alignment, and then obviously you've got Chandler Jones as one outside linebacker, uh, and see what what happens uh, on the with the, with that other outside linebacker um, in your base defense. And so does the does I, I'd like to see Cleve Farrell in this defense, and maybe this scheme fits him really well. And as a reminder, I'm going to ask Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler that question about Clee Farrell and how he might fit next week. So uh, I don't know. Let me ask those two guys uh, next week about Clee Farrell. Maybe on Friday, uh, next Friday, uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll revisit that question. Hey, Vinny, real quick, uh, before we go on to the next question, sometimes, you know, 
you got to put it on the player. You yeah. Know, sometimes, you know, so I'm just, just, just saying. I know. I feel like you're still holding out the hope that maybe this scheme or the next scheme, you know. But I'm just saying. Sometimes no, 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 you know, no, no. There's no way he's getting a fifth-year option. Like I said, he's auditioning for another job. Basically, he's not going to be here for long unless you know he turns out to be. And he's not going to get a big contract. Um, he's not going to get a second mega deal. He's not going to get what Max Crosby got at all. Uh, nothing close to that, but that doesn't mean he can't be a serviceable NFL player. And there's no doubt he's, if you want to call him a bust, he's a bust. Um, not his fault. He was drafted where he was. That's on uh, the, the previous regime. Uh, but, yeah, it, but, but I, it, I am interested to see what he's going to be able to do in this kind of a system. All right, David, at AFD937, where do we stand with extensions on Carr, Renfro, and Waller? Um, not quite sure on the other two, the last two yet. Uh, I think, you know, Hunter Renfro, that's, that's obviously going to happen. Darren Waller, that's kind of a tricky one. Uh, I can't imagine that he's very happy right now with what he's gotten, but you know, uh, that's a contract that he agreed to. And, uh, at the time the Raiders were taking a, a slight chance on him and he understood that. So he went for immediate security rather than kind of betting on himself and, and understanding that the numbers were going to be there for a bigger contract, I don't know how they're going to handle it. I would imagine if I'm his agent, I'm calling them up and saying this isn't right, uh, need, to, need to figure something else out. As far as Derek Carr, I think he's going to be here. Um, I think an extension is going to happen. But I'd be really curious um, where Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels stand in terms of their philosophy on – extending a quarterback uh, because think about it you go back and look at what Tom Brady was making when he was the Patriots quarterback and I did today it was he always took pretty much major pay cuts uh, compared to his peers and where he stood in the whole scheme of things and that's what the, the Patriots won with Tom Brady making you know not the most money in the league or or even close to it uh, and so I wonder if that's something that has carried over with this new regime to how they're dealing with Derek Carr. And um, I, I do know that Derek Carr is willing to take uh, a hometown discount. Uh, he's, he's been clear on that. So I don't think he's asking for uh, the world. But um, I do wonder, you know, where, where all that might be um, in terms of how they're handling their quarterback uh, uh, contract negotiations. This one here is from Grant QU600. Two nine four one seven. Now, the first name is the one that I care about more than the second name. Will they offer a contract to Gerald McCoy and Darius Phylon? Because with Gerald McCoy, he still seems like on Twitter. I know all these guys; they all big up each other, and it's still a brotherhood and a family. You know, even though playing for the team for one season, but he still pretty much considers himself a Raider. It's so ironic that uh, that question was asked because uh, I'm trying to get a message uh, to uh, to Mr. McCoy to see if that's a possibility. And I'll say this. You know, before he got hurt, if you go watch him in that San Francisco game, I know it was just a preseason game, but dude was flying off the football. He can still play. Now, I don't know where he is now after the second, another injury, major injury. Um, and, and, you know, but if he's healthy and he's played a 3-4, he's played in the 4-3, he's, he could play anything, um, uh, whatever the scheme might be. So, uh it's that's a very very good question, and again, uh, now that uh, going to have some access to uh, to the powers that be this week or next week, I'm certainly going to ask about Gerald McCoy because if he can ever stay healthy, 
he can be a, uh, a nice, nice player for this defense. So, uh, great question. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We are live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook in the, at the Treasure Island Hotel. There's basketball already. Uh, looks like Kansas and Providence. Uh, who else do we got? St. Peter's hanging in there with Purdue. St. Peter's, the Cinderella, hanging in there against Purdue um, in the huddle. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Gotta love St. Peter's. They are playing fearless basketball right now, 27-27, against the uh, three-seed Purdue. Um... You love to see it in, in, in the tournament when a team like St. Peter's, uh, rugged, tough-minded, East Coast uh, team, and they're like, um, we're here and we're not going anywhere. You're going to have to literally knock us out to get us out of the way. And uh, Purdue is finding out pretty darn quick that uh, St. Peter's is in this thing to win it. I'm not saying that they will. Uh, but they are playing fearless basketball right now. Uh, Purdue looks pretty good, too, though. Uh, DeMond, do we have some more questions? Yes, we do. But, Vinny, real quick, I don't yes. know if you've seen this. It's a very, uh, you know, an RIP. You know, we got to, you know, send the shout-outs and the condolences. In college football, it will, now, it will no longer be called the Outback Bowl. Uh-oh. Now it's the Tampa Bay Bowl, and that's just boring. I just, this is, I just ran across this on my Twitter timeline. It's like, I'm upset. The Outback Bowl, come on. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> What are you going to get? It, you know, because, like, you get the swag bags from, like, the sponsor of the bowl game for the kids. <laughs> they didn't really, the, the sponsorship <laughs> ran out. What do you like at uh, – I used to – well, there, when I was in, when I was in uh, California, there was an Outback that I would go to, nice little bar that they had there. That's mainly why I went. Uh, but I do like their chicken wings, and I do like their uh, their their uh, bloomin' onions. Of course, you got to go with the bloomin' onion. Yes, maybe but, get a steak. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. But that bloomin' onion, it's yes. gonna be perfect every time. It is, and it's perfect bar food too. So you know, you 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 drink, you eat a little of that. You drink, you eat a little of that. You drink, 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 eat a little of that. So anyway, but uh, yeah, the out no more <laughs> no more Outback Bowl. Yeah, I'm Tampa not, Bay Bowl. What a boring name. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> it, until they sell the new. Um, the new sponsorship, I guess, unless Tampa Bay is paying them, the city of Tampa Bay. But, well, here you go. Did you even know that it was in Tampa Bay, the Outback Bowl? Didn't I know that? I mean, you know, just crestfallen, you know. Um, back to these questions. Yes. Wolverine underscore clone wants to know Raiders cap situation. Um, I'd have to look at it again, but they're not in bad shape at all. Last I looked at, they were like 15, 16. And, and keep in mind, they've got $20 million coming off uh, the books on June 2nd after the um, uh, Carl Nassib and Corey Littleton contracts uh, come off the books, officially come off the books June, uh, or, or is it Kwiatkowski? Anyway, they have two guys that are coming off the books uh, June 1st. I know Corey Littleton is definitely one of them. Um, and if you add it all up, it represents $20 million. So they'll have another $20 million uh, coming up. But they're okay. They're in good. And there's no major shopping to be done right now. Um, uh, yes, Stephon Gilmore is somebody that, you know, I'm sure is still on their radar, but I think they're in a pretty good position there, uh, Devon. I think they like the, what they've done with that cornerback room, and there's a, there's a level of confidence that they can roll into the season with that group. All right, and this is one, you know, maybe put on your futuristic cap, Nostradamus here. This is from Ian Franz underscore. Can the Raiders team? Can this Raiders team make it to the Super Bowl with the middle of the pack O line? 
Um, yes, they can. You know why? Did it, didn't the Cincinnati Bengals just reach the Super Bowl with a middle of the pack up? They were giving, below the pack. Yeah, they were giving, the worst. Their quarterback was getting sacked like twelve times in a game. No one's ever made it to the Super Bowl being sacked that many times. Right, and this and to me. The Raider offensive line uh, is even right now was, is better than what the Bengals offensive line was last year. So, and and why do I say that? Because I think, and obviously everyone else has got to stay healthy. But when you look at the pieces that the Raiders now have around Derek Carr with uh, Devontae Adams pairing up now with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro um, and uh, you know Mac and Demarcus Robinson. Uh, and everyone else that they have, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, that's a lot of weaponry. I think that they're. I think that. I think the skill players now can overcome maybe a not so great offensive line. It can't be terrible though. It has to be at least pretty good. All right, and man, I'm not gonna lie. There are a lot of duplicates here, so we are here. Okay, it doesn't really ma- doesn't really make that much of a sense because there are multiple picks. But will we address offense or defense in the draft? Um, I think, you know, where they're drafting, I think, I think their first pick is 83 or 86, somewhere right around there in the third round. You just got to go best player available. I don't think you could be uh, nitpicky and, you know, trying to, you know, uh, uh, specific, go one position specifically. I think you have to go best player available, period. Because I think that um, – and. It, I, Maybe it lines up. Maybe that best player is available as a day one, you know, uh, starter at right tackle. That could happen too. You know, there are. This is a deep tackle draft. Uh, we've seen, and history has shown. Um, let's take a look at where Creed Humphrey was drafted last year for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, if you get a chance, I'll, I'll do it right now. But um, this is a guy that was probably a um, Pro Bowl center last year as a rookie. He was a second round pick. All right, so a second round pick. That came in and just dominated at center. So there's 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 players that um, you can hit, you can you can catch lightning with, um, and if that's that left tackle or right tackle, great, you know, in the third round. But you know, uh, also I think the focus always needs to be best player available. So I could see either side of the ball, to be honest with you. All right. Oh man, I just lost it. Here oh. we go. Mano zero three. I feel the Raiders need a good vet backup QB. Dalton fits magic. Any thoughts on those two? Yeah, and we talked about it last segment. I think both either one of those players would be. Which one would you rather prefer? Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I. You know why I like Fitzpatrick um, a little bit more because I like my backup quarterback to um, have a little gunslinger in him, and because it because I to me Andy Dalton will come in. And he's a safe, good you know, good safe player, and I, and I think that that would be okay too. But I like somebody that's going to throw it all around the yard. It's going to be a change-up right in the middle of a game. Like if your quarterback goes down in the during a game, you got a guy that just changes the complexion entirely. And it's kind of like bringing in a off-speed pitcher right behind a fastball pitcher. You know what I'm saying? In baseball where all of a sudden that just throws the, the whole thing out of whack. So he's such a wild card. Now sometimes that could get him in trouble. But I like the schoolyard aspect of, of how he plays and the kind of pressure that could put on a defense in an emergency situation and in a, a couple-game situation. I think Andy Dalton would be okay as well, but uh, I'd rather have Fitzpatrick. So there you go. 
That was the mailbag portion of the Friday edition of In the Huddle, brought to you by Tequila and Bonner. We are live at it's commercial, so it's quieted down a little bit for all the uh, for all the basketball games. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bonner. We are live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. Come on by. Great food, great drinks, lots of basketball, lots of horse racing. We got hockey, and we've got uh, Major League Baseball as well. Check you out in just a minute.